0: This week on the Picture Line podcast, we're talking to Fujifilm ex-ambassador Brian Maneer about his process, his style, his history with photography, and of course, Fujifilm cameras. You can check out Brian's camera and the lens he mentions in this episode in our show notes. Before our conversation with Brian, let's take a look at some of the events we have coming up at Picture Line. Pictureline Line is of course located at 305 West 700 South in Salt Lake City and is your source for photography equipment, education, resources, and more. Wednesday, December 12th, Canon will be in our store showing off the new Canon XF705 Professional Camcorder along with all of their other cinema cameras and lenses. Our Canon Cinema representatives will be available to answer all of your questions, plus we'll have special holiday rebates and deals. Sign-ups are now open for ProPhoto's Light of My Life workshop with photographer Kelly Beezer. Photographing children can be a challenge. They are fast, they are unpredictable, and they don't always choose to be adorable in the most beautiful natural light situations. Join Kelly as she demonstrates how she utilizes flash both on camera and off to create perfectly lit moments in both her personal and client work. Through an image-driven lecture, a detailed shooting demonstration, and hands-on learning, every type of learner will walk away from this class energized to apply Kelly's techniques to their own works. My guest this week on the Picture Line podcast is a Michigan-based landscape photographer. He is a Fujifilm X ambassador. His name is Brian Maneer. Brian, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm great. It's great to have you here. Um, it's an honor to be here. Did I say your last name correctly? You did, okay, surprisingly. Okay. We didn't even rehearse that, and <laughs> yeah. you nailed it. <laughs> oh, okay. well, cool. Um, well, Brian, what if, if you're based in Michigan, did you grow up in Michigan?
1: I didn't. No, I'm from, like, southeastern Ohio, which, okay. middle of nowhere, sure. you know, population 500 mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah but uh so what yeah. took you to michigan my wife actually okay yeah so we met on e-harmony and she's from where we currently live so we, awesome. we lived in dallas for a little stint and then moved back closer to family in michigan
0: cool so what brings you to salt lake for this weekend
1: um i am leading a, f- a co-sponsored picture line and fujifilm photo walk
0: okay. at uh, silver lake cool Um, and obviously by the time this episode goes out that'll be long gone but yeah it's 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 a cool thing Um, expecting a good group there and you are as I mentioned a Fujifilm ambassador yes Um, so let me back up how did you how did you start in photography well what led you to photography from the beginning
1: yeah so well my grandpa was a photographer and it kind of skipped a generation my neither of my parents are particularly artistic in any way And so I kind of like to think that me and my siblings got all the artistic genes. Mm. Um, It would be great if my story was that I kind of followed in the footsteps of my grandfather and all that stuff, but it didn't really happen that way. Um, He did give me his old film camera. At one point, his 35-millimeter camera, and Mm. so I did shoot a lot of film on the camera that he shot with on the 60s, which was pretty sentimental and cool. But honestly, like, I'm a graphic designer too. That's my day job. So when I first started really started photography was in college Um, I decided that I needed to get a a, some sort of uh, digital camera just to supplement my design I was into like a lot of really grungy I was creating MySpace layouts for bands and dating (laughs) myself a little bit Um, but uh, yeah I just wanted to shoot my own textures and and stuff and so that's kind of where it started and then it just exponentially grew from there.
0: Okay well cool well how did that how did that lead from doing your own personal work for graphic design purposes into now being a Fujifilm X ambassador. Yeah. What, is, I, what does that path look like? I'll give like? you the
1: condensed version because it I could I could get a little long-winded at times. <laughs> By all means. Um, <laughs> it was weird because I started, you know, inevitably, especially then, like now everybody has a camera. Mm. Then at least, this was, you know, maybe 10, 10, 11, 12 years ago, not everybody had that easily accessible like some a great camera so i had started getting people asking me can you take my photo can you do this can you do my senior photo so i went down this rabbit trail of getting into wedding photography like second shooting for some wedding photographers getting into portrait photography um thank you david hobby for strobus.com teaching myself off camera lighting and i went down that road for a really long time to the point where that was my sustaining income and i hit a point where It just wasn't creatively satisfying for me, and I decided that I needed to pursue something different. And early on in my creative, I guess, uh, my creative beginnings, I was exposed to an Ansel Adams book of landscape photography, and so that kind of ingrained in me wow, this is like the baseline, this is where great photos start. And so I always had it in the back of my mind, kind of eating away at me. you need to do something, something in this. And, and for a little while, with my senior photos, I did that. You know, I'd, I'd find a cool landscape, I'd drop a senior in, I'd light them really epically. It was never the photo that the parents wanted, but for me, it was really creatively satisfying. Right. So I got a little bit of it there, but I hit a point where it was like, man, I, I just, the business side of that photography just wasn't for me. It mm-hmm. was burning me out, and I decided, like, quit it all. Pick up a full-time job in design, like utilize my degree, and then, um, yeah, focus on landscape photography. And at the time, I was just a terrible landscape photographer. But utilizing Instagram and some like social media to like meet new people, because I'm not from Michigan, and you know, I, luckily I found kind of a cool base of people that I actually one of my friends that came with me here to Salt Lake is one of the people that I, I met early on in my Instagram experience. So. That's kind of where it started okay. and, and kind of how I evolved along the way to where I am.
0: And were you shooting Fuji that whole time? No. So when I started,
1: um, I was I was shooting Canon DSLR stuff, and then when it was literally when Fujifilm announced the original X100 at PhotoKey, and I think it was 2011, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, I saw it, knew no specs, and I was like, I have to have that camera. Something about me was, and I don't know if it was like, coming from like the film, I love that aesthetic of those cameras, seeing the dials, like I just loved everything about that. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I already had that seed planted of like, I hate going out and carrying like this lens and this lens and a big DSLR body. So that was like my escape. I I call it kind of like my my revolution, my creative revolution of like getting this little camera and just being able to take it with me everywhere and kind of focusing on things. And then over the course of like a year or two is when I, I switched over completely from mm-hmm. Canon to
0: Fujifilm. So you go from uh, wedding second shooters, senior pictures, you move into landscape, um, and we'll, we'll come back to that a little bit because I want to talk to you about what led you to that decision, but there's still a couple steps between seeing the X100 for the first time mm-hmm. and just being co- totally taken with that, um, which is which is a very um, Fuji Film thing to hear from you right, that, that yeah. the esthetic of what, what everybody was very, says, Yeah, exactly. It, so. <laughs> um, it's, it's something they're very well known for. As the, the craftsmanship of the cameras um, really speaks to a specific audience. Um, so, what are the steps from that phono, Photokina, seeing that camera, to where you are today as a Fuji Film ambassador traveling the country?
1: Right. Um. Well, it was, it's a lot of a lot of work, mm-hmm. you know. It was, it's a lot of just right place, right time kind of stuff. I like to say that you know they they found me, which is kind of interesting. Um, and I like to say it was equal parts like me being consistent and having kind of a unique look and style, and luck—just straight blind luck. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I look at you know photographers that are shooting nowadays, and it's just you know. There's so much amazing creativity out there now yeah and so I often more often than not I, I kind of I'm just kind of dumbfounded that I even landed in the, the place that I am now. but yeah. yeah, honestly, it was it was just a lot of dedication. I know early on in the Instagram thing, like a lot of people would do their like 365 day projects, those sorts of things. I never quite looked at it like that, mm-hmm. but I did you know, I live in Michigan, so we have like six months of winter. It's sure. just, it gets pretty brutal. And I, I think hit, Utah can relate to that a little I'm, bit, yeah, just sure a, little bit. Yeah. a little bit. a little bit. And I hit this point where I just, I went into, I didn't really know it at the time, but seasonal depression, which is a tr- very real thing. And I, I was coming out of it and I just felt worthless. And like, I could be doing so much more with my abilities than I am doing right now. And that's kind of where I, I put my foot down, I said, you know what, I'm gonna create, I'm going to create something every day. Whether that's going out and taking a photo every day and editing it and, and posting it online, Instagram became kind of my, my, uh, my corroboration, my way to like keep myself accountable to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was never really, I never thought I'm gonna do an Instagram thing to gain a lot of followers to then do this. Sure. It was never about that, right. it was always me, new people, Keep myself accountable and just create, and and because I I kind of I kind of started seeing that the more that I shot consistently, having a camera with me every day, shoot even shooting mundane things. I mean, I've been in Salt Lake for two days and I already want to move here. It's, <laughs> it's it's insane. Michigan, we have. I like to say that I create a lot from very very minimal. Like there's not a whole lot there, but I do my best to. You know, inspire people to go out and do what they can in their environment, mm-hmm. you know? So I started seeing success early on. Even, I don't shoot weddings anymore. I actually shot my last wedding over the summer. But even when I'm shooting an engagement session, you know, six months into this shoot every day, create every day thing, I started seeing how much easier it was. My camera just kind of became another part of my body. And mm-hmm. you didn't have to think as much. You're seeing, compositions as they're happening and my first engagement session after starting the whole thing I was just like I just I came away from it thinking I just freaking killed that and I didn't even I wasn't even thinking yeah you know so I think there's a real benefit there to being consistent pushing yourself even if it's not going to Salt Lake and shooting these epic landscapes even if it's just right there where you're from there's a benefit to being consistent and being you know, deliberate with what you're
0: doing. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing a couple of different things that I think would would qualify as very good advice for someone looking to make it as as really any sort of photographer. Mm-hmm. You talk about uh, dedication and and not limiting yourself to you know being willing to shoot mundane and also these these grand you know vistas and landscapes and things like that. Um, and then also talking about um, finding commu- a community mm-hmm. of, of like-minded photographers yes. and, and being connected with those people. And, and you use social media to do that. Mm-hmm. And you know, we see that in a store every day uh, here at Picture Line, people coming in and meeting each other and, and doing that stuff. And then um, we have a, a really active social media community around here. And so would you talk a little bit more about how um, important that community is to what yeah, you do? Yeah,
1: for sure. And it's something, honestly, like I have probably two workshops dedicated to or that have a dedicated section about this. Like, for me, I'm very much a lone wolf. Like I'm a guy. I love to just be able to go, do my own thing, not have to worry about, you know I'm 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 a very Midwestern person. So I'm very accommodating. I wanna know what everybody else wants to do. Are you okay? Are you okay doing this? So when it's just me, I get to eliminate all that. I just get to go and do the thing. I got into into shooting video for a little while and then once I started realizing you know, you need a crew, you need to expand there, you need to fill, fill in the gaps where your weaknesses are. And while that was great, I was like, that's not for me. It's just not, that's not my mindset. So I'm very much a, just a, a loner. You mm. know? So pushing myself to partner up with people, collaborate with people, just get around a community was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest areas where it kind of changed me is I feel like, Everybody has a unique vision, like, and I think when I say vision, I think like even composition, you know, I'm being a graphic designer. I think of in terms of composition, like all the time, I see compositions everywhere Mm -hmm. Um, and I see them in a very specific way and it's very founded in the design principles that I learned, you know, going through college. So one of the things that I noticed early on when I started shooting people is my favorite part of any experience, whether it's a trip, whether it's some sort of meet at local meetup, is seeing what other people are shooting, because you know, 15 people can go out on a photo walk in wherever It doesn't matter. You know, even if if it's just like the smallest little town, like everybody's gonna have something different. Sure, there are going to be like there's gonna be some crossover, but it never fails. Anytime I ask any like photo walk attendee, you know, let's all share some of your favorite shots, I always see something like how did I miss that? Mm-hmm. Like, what was I thinking? That's amazing. You know, I always come away with it with that, that sort of thought. And, um, so I think that's hugely beneficial because we all kind of are in our own little worlds in our own little box. And so when you start seeing outside of that, and then you can adopt some of those principles and grow as an artist. So it all comes back to that. Like my mantra has always been like, regardless of anything, just continue to grow as an artist. Mm-hmm. So, as long as I'm accomplishing that, you know, if I can look back on my work six months to a year ago and say, okay, I'm pushing forward, then I'm happy. So, And, and social media kind of plays this interesting role in where it can be beneficial when you're meeting the right people, you're having the right kinds of communications, but it can also be really detrimental in a sense that I get people to reach out to me all the time and say, how do I gain followers? Like, mm-hmm. I'm just not, you know, where? how do you get your engagement so good? Right. And my answer is always like, if you're focused on that stuff, you're just doomed to fail. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not being mean, it just is. Like, if that is your goal, you're just going to burn out when it doesn't happen because Instagram decides to change their algorithm or Facebook decides to change things, you know? You have no control over that stuff. You may be the world's greatest artist, but you're not going to get recognized. So you need to put your... Uh, your, um, I can't think of the right. Sort of word. your personal, yeah. You just need to put of. your backing behind the content, not mm-hmm. the numbers. Mm-hmm. So you need to focus on what's really important, yeah. and that's really not social media. The community aspect, yes, but as far as like, uh, sure, everybody wants free stuff and wants to have a million followers so sure. they can be recognized. Like it's human nature, but but there's more important things for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about your. Photography a little bit, um, just because I've I've heard a couple of things that you say that your your decision to go into landscape, um, growing up shooting film, um, the work you've done for bands on MySpace and your graphic design, all these different things I would imagine are factoring into sort of your your style and your aesthetic. What would you describe your style as?
1: Um, the past couple years I kind of have adopted the term atmospheric. Um, One of my favorite bands, it's an instrumental band called Caspian. They kind of have this, they coined the term for themselves as this atmospheric sound. And so I felt like it really applied to the way that I shoot because so much of what I do is, I mean, first I'm thinking in terms of composition, but so much of what I do is, is based on the conditions, like finding the right light, finding the right, like just haze or, just this perfect, even if it if it's like waiting weeks, finding a spot that I know I wanna shoot and waiting weeks, months, however long, years to, to get the perfect um, kind of conditions to line up. So mm-hmm. atmospheric's kind of what I use. Um, at the same time, the more that I use it, it feels kind of weird, so I don't know. I don't, I, so much of what I do is based on kind of my editing style, I think, so the way that I look at it is Ansel Adams, and I'll kind of paraphrase, but Ansel Adams has one of my favorite quotes, and he, he kind of said that, uh, you know, ordinary photographs are really just reminders of experience, and it's like up to an artist to create this inspired moment, right? So a lot of what he did was in the darkroom. Like he changed, you can look at, you know, the moonrise over Hernandez and look at variations of the way that he I think at one point he even like bleached the negative to like achieve this really darker tone in the sky. Mm. So he was like constantly changing his progress mm-hmm. or his process. And and so I kinda look at post process the same way. I, I don't I mean, people that don't like to post process, that's fine. Like that's your that's your prerogative, that's great. I have no problem with that. But for me, that's like fifty that equally as important as like the planning and the exposure and the actual capture of the image is the post processing of the image. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I look at my work.
0: Did uh, shooting film, growing up shooting film, kind of having that foundation affect uh, that process for you at all? I think
1: it did because I have so much of a respect for, like, the masters, as mm. we'll call them. Sure, you know? yeah. And so much of a... I, I'm constantly reminded, like, you know, we have 512 gigabyte memory cards now. Like, you can just literally pray and spray, shoot, to your heart's content. <laughs> but... But, like, so much of what I do and and the older that I get and the more experience that I get is really waiting for that right moment and and feeling that moment, you know. You know when you're supposed to click the shutter. And sometimes you miss it. And I feel like that's, you know, back in the day, they didn't have that luxury of being able to shoot at 30 frames per second sure. on the new Fujifilm X-T3. Um, but, <laughs> sorry, shameless plug. No, it's great. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like... Um, I don't know. It's just I like to get into that mindset, that mindset of old, of every exposure on a roll of film means something, mm-hmm. you know,
0: and and so it's constantly there in my head. I think. So um, in looking at your work, uh, I, I, I do see a very distinct style, and I do see the role that post processing plays in that for sure. Um, would you give? Would you have any advice to give to someone? trying to find their own style.
1: Yeah, I think, and, and it kind of goes back to like what you're talking about, you know, I shot seniors, I shot weddings, I shot, I have, you know, commercial clients to music, to bands, to textures, like you kind of have to do a little bit of everything to find what you like. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, when you're trying to find your own style, it's very much like just trying new things. You know, early on when like presets kind of took hold, mm-hmm. I was really against it because, to me, it kind of signified this, like, blasé, I'll just throw a preset on it and right. I'm done kind of mindset, you know? But, honestly, I feel like presets now, you know, you can apply a preset and then as long as you're digging back in and seeing what's changing, why is this happening? Why does this look good to me? And then adopting that and then eventually – you know, maybe you find another preset that does something a little different and you've kinda combined those two ideas and then more and more. So much of what I do is based in just growing as, a, a, as an artist, but also just knowing the tools, you mm-hmm. know, being, I'm in Photoshop probably eight hours a day, every day as a graphic designer, so True. there's so many things that I find from a design layout standpoint that I can also apply to my photography in one way or another. Mm-hmm. So I think just knowing the tools and, and um, you know trying different things and not being afraid to try different things because there's really no right or wrong. So it, it's just about growing and, and figuring out what you
0: like and then continuing to build on that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned when you first saw that first Fuji camera that you sort of fell in love with, um, the aesthetic of it. Mm-hmm. How has that evolved since that time? In terms of how does um, shooting on Fujifilm, how does shooting on, I guess, are you shooting on an XT3 now? Yeah, primarily. Yep. Um, how has how has your relationship with that line of cameras and with that brand of cameras really um, affected your style, your photography in general?
1: Yeah, it's it's, I mean, it's been huge in a lot of respects. Um, I do a lot of long exposure work during the day, so ND filters, that sort of thing. So, you know, I think it was a year and a half, two years ago, uh, they added the ability to shoot, you know, higher than 30 seconds without a release. You can Mm -hmm. go 60, up to 15 minutes without a release. And the the area where that's really beneficial to me is that the in-camera light meter works. So I can throw, you know, 14, 16 stops of ND on my camera and adjust the exposure time to 10, 12 minutes, 14 minutes, whatever it is. And it's gonna, my camera's gonna tell me without having to load up an app that, you know, and take an exposure of the scene and then dial in the amount of ND and sure. do that stuff. So there have been technological advancements that they have in, introduced that have been like pivotal to me as an artist. Um, bracketing, for instance, I do a lot of bracketing. So when they open, I think maybe with the same firmware update for the X-T2. They, you know, added the ability to shoot up the nine bracketed stops, and you can control the amount of, you know, exposure value in between the stops and everything. So, mm-hmm. all of those have played a huge role. Honestly, the biggest thing, though, it all comes back to that kind of physical dial button mentality. Like, I want to be able to uh, more often than not, I mean, I was in Antelope Island this morning trying to shoot some buffalo, mm-hmm. like, and I, I can look down at my camera and I can see. I'm at f2.8, I'm at you know 1 1,000th one of a second on the shutter speed dial, I can see that I'm on ISO 100. I don't have to flip on a button and look at a digital display or dig in a menu, so that's huge for me, just like the camera gets completely out of my way, it's become an extension of me, and I know it, again, coming back to just knowing the tools and what they can do for you, and I feel like that all plays this huge part. And then, too, I mean, being a designer, being just a kind of a younger guy, I like the style. You mm-hmm. know, I can look at my X T three sitting on a table and be like, I really want to shoot with that camera. It yeah. just looks good, you yeah. know what I mean? So as stupid as that may sound to some, it it's I think it's a it's an important thing. You know, you gotta have pride in what you're what you're shooting with, what you're doing. So Do
0: that, you have the black or the silver part the silver for nice, sure? Course. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Um, is there, so you, you, you mentioned um, presets and something I'm kind of hearing you talk about in a lot of different aspects of this is, is mastery of your, of your equipment of like, you know, understanding the science a little bit and kind of knowing what's going on in every, in every aspect. And, yep. you know, you talked about being a graphic designer lets you have some of that as well in, in your post-processing. Is there a one either process or... Um, technique even that you would recommend to anyone any style any you know goal as a photographer know really well yeah
1: i would say i'm gonna have two okay and so i'll cover them both really quick so number one would be before you just go the normal route of trying like lightroom or photoshop if you're trying to get into it try capture one especially now that they've announced full full, uh, Fujifilm support, you know, you can get the Express version for free. Their tools are by and large like the best at the control, all that I'm talking about, being able to really fine tune and dial in colors, exposure, everything, and in the best way. Um, Lightroom and Adobe have had some issues in the past at kind of how they render X-Trans files. And so when it comes to printing big, for me, that matters when the details aren't as good as they could be. Mm-hmm. Um, so Capture One is, is is for sure great for me. That being said, I still, when I do bracket, I, sh- I merge things to HDR, like I'll take three to five exposures and merge them into one. I call it a super raw Adobe DNG file. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that ends up looking a little messy, and I'll just manually blend things together in Photoshop. But... Again, just know your tools, experiment, figure out what works for you. Um, But I would say my second huge thing is learn how to sharpen. (laughs) Okay. So many people rely on just like the global Lightroom sharpening. Mm. It's just pure garbage, it's awful. It's, you know, there's such an easy way to to sharpen and sharpen selectively in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. And I know Photoshop is intimidating to a lot of people, but it's so easy to do it. Non-destructively, it's it's called a high-pass high method. I'm sure you can Google, like, high-pass sharpening in Photoshop. And, and, you know, I teach on it, but I'm sure you can find lots of people that teach on it on a YouTube. And it's, it, it, it's, like, it's changed people's lives that I've told this method to. Wow, so, okay. for sure, sharpening is huge.
0: Okay, cool. Um, and finally, is there any specific piece of equipment? Maybe it's a lens, maybe it's a, a light, or something that you uh, recommend or that, that you personally carry and use on a regular basis that yeah. you would recommend to anyone?
1: I mean, I'll start by saying, like, for me, a, tr- the, a great tripod is of the utmost importance. You know, I'm talking about shooting, you know, five to, or three to seven bracketed, bracketed exposures, mm-hmm. and there's only so much you can do handheld. Mm-hmm. Um, so a great tripod is, like, above and beyond for me. Um, but I will say my favorite piece of gear is probably my, my uh, Fujinon, 50 to 140 2.8 is lens like it's i've dropped it on the pavement in the smoky mountains like it's bounced off the ground Mm -hmm. it has chips taken out of it like the is is amazing i've shot handheld at like a sixth of a second it's fully extended like and for me as a landscape photographer like i know everybody's all about shooting as wide as possible you know Um, and that's great that's awesome but There's, I feel like there's this evolution when you're a landscape photographer of kind of graduating into like everything being in your frame and figuring out how to deal with it with a wide angle to being able to really zoom in, compress, nitpick just what you're going to have in your frame. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like telephoto and landscape photography is like the sweet spot. I'm
0: so addicted right now. Mm -hmm. So, well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. It's really been awesome being here yeah, well great yeah we've enjoyed having you good luck tonight at Thank the you. photo walk um, as I said it will have already happened by the time <laughs> this go out yeah, but sorry, hopefully we but can get you back soon at some sure. point uh, and we'll be able to have you back on here and maybe plug it ahead of time and awesome. get people out there um, so looking forward to that tonight um, is there anywhere else that people can find your work
1: yeah I'm at Brian Minear everywhere brianmenear.com it's b-r-y-a-n-m-i-n-e-a-r Um, But at Brian Meneer on Instagram and Twitter is where I'm most active. And please ask questions, chime in. I love the community. Again, like just reiterating, I'm all about the community. Mm -hmm. Like I love talking to people. I love chatting gear. I'm one of those people that's a total gearhead. So any question, I'm open. It's you awesome.
0: mentioned a couple of workshops. Are those things that are available online anywhere, or do you just have those? I'm working
1: on some stuff that should be available online probably next year. But mm-hmm. right now, it's just stuff that I kind of travel and do here and there.
0: Sure. So. Well, cool. Well, great. Thank you so much for being here. We've we appreciate it, and thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. Thanks again to Brian for sitting down with us. Thanks to Rode for furnishing our audio equipment. You can visit pictureline.com for all the information on our upcoming events. The Pictureline Line podcast is produced at Pictureline in Salt Lake City and is available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.